It's time to start talking about the goddamn playmakers. Because guess what? Not only do we have the top one, not two, not three, not four. We have got five of the top six receivers in the conference for yards per game. Going at it this weekend in the Yates Cup. It is Ethan Jordan, Mo Jamal, Savon Magnet-Jones, Raiden Thorne. The ideal 1-4-2-3 matchup. Oh, wait, and Seth Robertson has eight touchdowns sitting in there at number six as well. Um, This is a fun one because we've talked quarterbacks. Uh, This would be a really good running back matchup. If Keon Edwards was healthy, we wish him all the best in recovery. Uh, Keon, a phenomenal career with the Western Mustangs. Hopefully his team can pull one out for him. But uh, we have receivers to burn in this game, and they are matchup nightmares. They get open. They make guys miss after they catch. We get every single way, shape, or form. Uh, Even the guy who I have not mentioned, Ojutaleo from the Laurier Golden Hawks. Don't forget about that wicked hurdle he had earlier this year. He is a freak athlete as well and fits into this category with these other guys. Um, It just so happens that him and Jay Sackinson don't have the volume of receptions as everyone else. So with... This game being such a big pivotal moment, not only for Western, as Marshall and I talked and Connor and I have talked this week about Western's not really a run first team this year because of Evan Hillock and because of his maturation and growth and development. Laurier, I've said it since I went to their training camp, day two of their season opening, this offense can score 70 points. And because of that, we have receivers like Raiden Thorne and Ethan Jordan who are going to give wicked nightmare matchups to Rob Pandabaker, Richard Adu before who, you know what, I think he got the better of his matchup in the first game between these two teams. But don't forget, after Western had that onslaught, it was a lot of big time touchdowns from these Laurie receivers. So I just kind of want to talk about each player uh, in their own right. And I'm going to go in order, one, two, three, four. Uh, of their receiving areas. First, we'll go with Ethan Jordan here. 60 receptions, 749. We'll call it 750 and 5. Of course, they had the big game against Guelph this year, but Ethan Jordan has through and through over the last couple seasons been one of the top route runners in the OUA. And yes, he may not have the speed of two guys I'm going to talk about next. Don't worry, we're getting there. But he is quick, he's elusive, and after he gets the ball in his hands, he makes players miss. Uh... It's not often that you see him get brought down first time uh, a defender gets to him. So with Ethan Jordan, I think the biggest thing with him in this game, working underneath, and Marshall had talked about, take your time down the field. We don't need to, not every play is a kill shot against Western. In fact, 90% of them are just baiting you into turnovers. For Taylor Algersma, use these guys. Use Raiden Thorne, use Ethan Jordan, namely, in those underneath routes. Let him work at the top of his stem, at the top of his route, and get separation for you quickly without having to take tons and tons of air yards to get the ball and move the chains. All right, with Ethan, uh, exciting to see because this is a year-over-year growth with him and Algersma. They obviously have the chemistry, but let's flip it now. Other side, uh, Mo Jamal, Mosin Jamal. I, quite frankly, admittedly, not a huge... uh, repertoire or I guess knowledge of his game coming into this season but you pay attention very quickly when someone is running as fast as he does and 
I think it was actually a non-catch in the Queens game that really caught my eye to say, okay, he's not just the one or the two to Savon Magnet Jones. He is the one B in this offense. One A, one B, however you slice it, they're both ones. Mojamal went down the sidelines, diving catch, just missed it. But he got up pissed. And then he went over to the sidelines and he spiked his helmet in the ground in frustration, ended up popping off one of the panels on his shut helmet. Um which, of course, was fixed before he went back in. But that was the moment to me where I'm like, okay, Mojamal is going to be an issue for teams. And it's not just the blazing fast speed. It's the deceleration and the ability to get in and out of his breaks so much faster that you can even recognize, oh, crap, he's, he's running a dig. Well, he's already in and out of his break, and you're just realizing what route he's starting to run. The seamlessness of his transition from start or a standstill to start to deceleration and into a route is phenomenal. I don't think I've seen anything like it except for maybe Savon, his counterpart, at this level for quite some time. And while he is a slender frame, he still fights for the ball. He still is aggressive at the point of attack. And that's what you really want to see with these guys. Oh, and to mention, he's a burner. <laughs> he really is. Uh I think it was against the Varsity Blues where he went down the sidelines and Hilk just ripped one and he kind of came back shoulder to it and then proceeded to make three or four or five guys miss. It was it was a great catch, a great play. Um, but the chemistry that he has built with Hillock over this season of really taking a ton of reps has been spectacular to see. It's been an extra addition. And it lets a guy like Seth Robertson, who, who we have talked about during the years, just always find the end zone. Well... When you're worried about Mo Jamal just eviscerating your DBs and you start expending two guys or sending someone deep, nobody can rob over the middle. Seth Robertson just kind of finds that spot in the middle and Hillock knows, well, you know, Mo Jamal is a pretty good receiver. He, uh, he's going to draw two. Let's, let's just hit right where the two guys are leaving because they can't fill that void that quick. So I think for Mo Jamal, a spectacular breakout season, if you will, kind of putting himself on the map. But... Very exciting to see how he has fared, how he has done in this offense. All right, the man everybody knows from this Western offense, the killer himself who ended Queens earlier in the season with that terrific corner route touchdown and had a huge ball last year in the Yates Cup final as well, Savon Magnate-Jones. If you have missed Western football over the last two seasons, Savon Magne-Jones takes the football down the field fast. And you can't catch him. You just have to hope and pray that it's a missed throw or that you started and bailed early enough in your coverage that you're just running and waiting for him to catch up to you because he will. Uh, 671, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns for Mo Jamal as well in the year. Um, with Savon, though, that Argos training camp stint, I think, really helped boost his confidence Um I think for him, being able to compete at that next level and then getting to go back to U-Sports kind of says like, all right, I, I know what tougher level competition looks like. I know what to bring at the next level. But it doesn't matter who I'm playing against. I'm going to bring it at that pace, that consistency, that volume all season long. And he has. It was Best on best every single week for Savon Magne Jones. Teams are throwing their best players at him, and he is lighting them up like they don't belong. 
all the credit in the world goes to him for continuing to push and push and push because a lot sometimes you see those players go pro and come back and say, all right, yeah, I'm the uh, big shot. They're just sending me back so I can wait for next year. And it really bites them because other guys are hungry and want that spot and you don't see them going to training camp the next season with as much success. Savon is setting himself up for a legitimate shot to play in a crowded receiver room just because he is putting in that work every single day, every single game, and he brings the blazing speed as well. Like Mo Jamal, these guys are unstoppable speed. I said to Connor two weeks ago, nobody can run with these deep uh, receivers. It takes a lot for you to stay on top all game long and avoid that one big stretch play, which they're going to be looking for. Finally, Raiden Thorne. Man, <laughs> if you want a true number one receiver, like line him up outside, bring your top corner on him. He is going to go for it. Um, you'd have to take Raiden Thorne, right? Like in, in all of the OUA schools. Kasim Ferdinand's great out of a slot. Do I want him over Raiden Thorne out wide? I don't think so. Mojamal Savon are great in the slot. Same thing. I I don't know if I have the physical presence from those guys that I get with Raiden Thorne, who is quite tall, athletic, jumps out of the building, can still run with the DBs that are trying to cover him. Uh, I, I think that he is the key to this offense this week. I've been calling it for a couple. He has been unusually quiet over the last little bit. I know he had six catches last week and the, the big touchdown at the end, which was kind of like the, ha-ha, he's back. But I still feel like Ray has like another 10-catch game where he's just going for multiple touchdowns. Um, I, I would love to see it this week. I don't think it's going to come this week because Richard before is sitting there waiting so patiently uh, for his matchup. That's going to be a physical, that's going to be a high contested it's going to be a chirpy matchup between the two guys i've seen them both talk trash a ton on the field uh i think raiden thorne was one of the guys doing the oil thigh after they beat queens in week one and a do before has been calling out receivers all season long so uh that's going to be a really good matchup as for seth robertson uh, he's going to find the end zone it's it is inevitable i uh i always love how western has this one like good-bodied-sized receiver who just catches intermediate routes and scores touchdowns. Um, Seth Robertson has been doing it for quite some time with the Mustangs. He's been fantastic at it. Expect him to just do his thing. All right, I want to talk about quickly Quentin Avery Scott, the man who has legs the size of tree trunks yet glides like he is as light as a feather. Uh, I think this game plan for the Lori Golden Hawks needs him to do a huge chunk of damage on the ground and it's not just yards before contact but he needs to be physical and impose his will and get some extra yards he's already tough to bring down i go back to the ottawa ggs game where he got face masked and spun around and somehow kept his balance and ended up scoring like a 30 something yard touchdown um that kind of ability to break tackles and create differences is going to be so drastic and so beneficial to this Laurier team to set up those second level throws that they're going to be looking for. So Quinton Scott, uh, certainly going to be asked to do a lot, but he has a good running mate in Tanner Nelms and the GRT. Uh, Derek Bassett, or Darian Bassett-Hayden, 
Western running backs, Troy Thompson. I don't know if Yazbek is in or out. I believe he's done, done, though. Uh, Troy Thompson played very well last week. They're going to need every single bit of yardage from him that he can give them. So uh, that is kind of it for the talk about weapons and specialists and playmakers. and Not specialists, but special playmakers, I guess. Now I kind of want to move and pivot, if we shall, quickly to Fox 40 Shop. Dot com where the worldwide leader in whistle tech has everything you need from coaching boards to whistles to merchandise to nautical equipment they have it all and you can get a 15% off with the code CFP15 so head over to fox40shop.com CFP15 15% off all right here we go uh, fully expect the predictions to be correct, as always. Uh, shall I start out east or out west? What would Connor, Connor is more east of me right now, so I will say we'll start out east in his... Actually, we'll start in Quebec for Connor's honor. Uh, Laval, U to M. This hurts my heart to say. Glenn Constantine, I am picking against you. It is going to be in Sepsum. They have beat you twice this season. Jonathan Senecal... He is running like a running back. He is throwing like one of the top passers in the country. Uh, Hassan Doso has had a spectacular season as well. Oh, wait. And, of course, the Carabanes have an elite defense like they always seem to have. Three for three. Revenge season complete. Laval goes down to the Montreal Carabanes. That being said, if Glenn Constantine pulls this off in only Glenn Constantine fashion, uh, the Laval shirt will be out and bright. The You Have Been Constantined meme will be tweeted out. Uh, I just don't see it. I, I don't. Montreal has outgunned them at every single pace this year. It's going to take a lot for Arnaud Desjardins and company to repeat as Dunsmore Cup champions. So uh, I don't see it happening. I see the Carabae who, quite frankly, if they if they hadn't lost to uh, Concordia in the final week of the regular season, they should be the number one team in the country ranking-wise. But that is my pick for now. All right, out to the Atlantic. Bishops, St. FX, Silas, Fane, yo. Uh, a whole lot of yardage, a whole lot of touchdowns, but they have not completed as aren't, haven't completed. They're still above 60% passing. To me... The difference in this one is the bust. Last time they played Bishops, it was that big shootout. They fell behind early, and they could not establish that run. They're at home now. They're gonna, they are used to playing in these Loney Bowl games. Uh, it's going to be a whole dose of Malcolm Bussey riding behind that offensive line that seems to be built together year over year over year, led by center Chris Verhand. So... Uh, I'm going to take X again. I think they just have too many playmakers on the outside. The experience on the defense, Coach Svek, Coach Waterman, they have their guys going. They know what it takes to take home the Loney Bowl, and they are going to try to do so. All right, on to the OUA. We will keep rolling here. Um, we, I, I, it's so hard to pick against Western at home, um, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I find myself picking against Western more than I pick them to win. I know I rode the Laval train last year, but uh, to me, this 
is the Laurier team that is built to handle these big-time games. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Um, you're not going to catch them off-balanced offensively. They're comfortable doing either, and their defense has the playmakers to challenge anyone offensively. Now, can they run with Mo Jamal and Savon Magne-Jones? I do not know. I quite frankly don't think they can. But can Coach Falls have his guys calm enough but still ready enough to play this game that they don't come out and fall behind 28-0? Because if they do that again, well, you guys know how it works with Western and getting up 28 points. They don't lose very often. If they can stay at a touchdown difference at the most after one quarter, I believe Laurie will settle in and start throwing the ball with velocity, with pace. But there was a lot of freaky nonsense that went on towards the second half of that Western Laurier game in week nine. I am going to take the Laurier Golden Hawks, but I think this is going to be the one that irks me if I go three for three in the other conferences. I have a feeling this one is going to be the one that by chance kills the perfect streak this weekend. As for Can West, I made my Vanier Cup pick a long time ago before the season even started, and it was a team for Vancouver that has navy blue and yellow and white and has a cool name with the Thunderbirds and a good quarterback and a legendary coach in Blake Nill. Alberta's offense lives and dies by the deep ball. Have you seen Jarrell Cummings, the transfer from Simon Fraser uh, at UBC? He's a shutdown corner through and through. He is going to be the difference maker in this one, I believe, as Ryan Baker is going to have his hands full with Matthew Peterson. Uh, the one thing that scares me with this one, Manitoba ran the ball a lot early on, 200 yards uh, plus for rushing, I believe, last week for them. UBC cannot afford to get down and behind against this Golden Bears team because Coach Morris, Daniel Shin, and that group are designed to run the ball. Now, Eli Hetlinger is going to have a big day, I think, um, but it's going to be the UBC T-Birds on home soil. It's a tough place to play. They've gotten two wins against Alberta already this year. T-Birds, Golden Hawks on the edge of my seat deciding which one to go. Uh, Carabay, X-Men. We've got a lot of navy blue and shades of blue coming into the national semifinals, hopefully. Um, but we'll see. I'll be at London this Saturday. Check us out. If you're there, feel free to say hi. Uh, Marsha will be on the call. I think I'm jumping around the field as per usual. Stay tuned. Stay locked and loaded. Enjoy the weekend of championship football.